Hello and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Hello and thank you for taking a seat at the table. This is the fourth episode of our travel series and we are excited because it's a storytellers and we haven't done a storytellers episode in a little bit. We are very happy to share other stories besides just our own. And at the table with me, I have Kim. Hello. Jen. Hi, everyone. Tabitha. Hello. Rachel. Hey, everybody. And I am Jamie. So yeah, these are all going to be stories based around travels, experiences people have had, why people travel, maybe why they don't travel, all things that we can all maybe relate to a little bit. Take a listen and enjoy. Traveling is our respite by Julia Reyes. Travel is a beautiful way to experience the world with your family, build your relationships, and increase your knowledge about culture, geography, and history. For my family, travel is all those other things and more, but it is also respite. What is respite, you ask? The actual definition of respite is a short period of rest or relief from something difficult. Having a child with special needs is difficult, but guys, you know that already. The stress we are under can sometimes consume us to the point where we feel there's no way out, no hope, and we are helpless to change it. We know we'll never escape the reality of our role as special needs parents, but travel can help give us some much needed motivation and respite. We use travel to help with our family, marriage, and staying true to ourselves. Each year, we plan two family trips, two couples trips, and two alone mommy and daddy trips. We did this before Jessa was diagnosed with autism, and I refused to let go of that. It was something that I knew we needed to keep ourselves sane. Traveling is the respite we choose. There are many positive outcomes and benefits of traveling with my family that I'd like to share with you. First being the benefits of travel. You need a break. Your family needs a break. Your special needs child needs a break. You will return with the ability to reset and move forward with a fresh start. And that is worth all the time in the world, my friend. The benefits of traveling for anyone go beyond just going on a trip and getting the t-shirt and magnet. It's an opportunity to leave behind the daily grind that is your life. Both you and your spouse leave work behind and your time is entirely devoted to your family. While traveling, you can explore and have new experiences, rest, play, and enjoy your family. It's a great opportunity to forget the daily pressures of your life and have fun. These benefits are valid for any family but I believe they are more accurate for special needs families. Traveling with Jessa hasn't always been easy, but we've learned what she likes and what works best for our family. So if your kid has a meltdown, oh well, you're educating others about autism awareness and hopefully inspiring other families with children on the spectrum to get out there and see the world, not to feel limited simply because they have a child with special needs. Traveling with young children is nerve-wracking. Travel with young or older special needs children is at another level, but it can be done. And if I inspire one family to take a chance and book their dream trip, I've done my job. Traveling affects my mental health. For me, traveling offers huge mental health benefits. Having a trip to plan gives me hope by offering something to look forward to. Knowing there's something fun and enjoyable on the horizon makes the therapies and fights with the insurance company more bearable. I am motivated to keep up the good fight of special needs parenting when I know there's a break coming. 
While on vacation, we are away from the daily pressures. Yes, a family vacation means our special needs kids are still with us and we still need to care for them, but we are not going to appointments. We take a break from our daily therapy sessions, stop worrying about what might be in the mailbox from the insurance company, and take time to just breathe and enjoy life as a family. Getting away on a vacation just might be the only time we will ever feel remotely close to a normal family. I cannot stress enough how seeing the joy and excitement of Jess's face when we take a trip helps refuel my drive to keep fighting and advocating for her. I realize that a vacation is temporary and it doesn't solve anything permanently, but the benefits I experience in my mental health last long after we get home. Our kids can be kids. Often we focus on the stress of being a special needs parent, but sometimes we need to stop and think of what it's like to be a special needs kid too. All of the therapy, exercises, equipments, surgeries, specialists can be stressful for a child. Our special needs kids are asked to deal with some pretty intense things at a very young age. Life isn't just stressful for us, it is on our kids too. Our kids deserve the opportunity to escape the reality of their world for a few days too. I know their disabilities don't magically disappear while on vacation, but they need a break from the daily grind too. Everything about our children revolves around their diagnosis. How amazing would it be to them if for a few days they could enjoy the beach or theme parks or see their favorite Disney characters just like every other kid dreams of doing. How do we make this happen, you ask? As a special needs family, we are under constant financial pressures most other families will never experience. So what we do is we look at our budget for the year and plan our trips accordingly so we know what finances are necessary and what we can afford for that year. Evaluate your budget and see are there any areas that you can start setting aside money. Maybe you can give up something that allows you to save. Maybe have a garage sale. Instead of birthday or Christmas presents this year, take them on a vacation. Or just set aside some money every pay period. Whatever works best for you and your family. There have been years where we can't make these trips, but we still pencil out time in the year to give ourselves respite as a family, as a couple, and as individuals, and take these days to reset. Traveling doesn't need to be big and elaborate, but I do encourage you to make it happen. Make it a priority. It will be worth the sacrifice. It might be difficult, but if you make it a priority, you will find a way to make it work. Now book those trips and enjoy. Julia Reyes is a born and raised proud Texan. She was born in Corpus Christi, but raised near South Padre Island. So to say she's a beach lover is an understatement. Julia lives in Round Rock with her husband, Joel, and sweet daughter, Jessa. Their older daughter, Nicole, lives her best life with her husband, Logan, in Germany. Julia loves all good things. God, food, people, advice, and deals. Julia loves to be the reason for someone's smile. You can always count on her for a good laugh, a shoulder to cry on, a great food or drink suggestion to get you through the day, and a helping hand when in need. Julia has been a mom for 20 plus years, a young mom, a divorced mom, a single mom, a loved mom, a special needs mom, a loving mom, and most importantly, a mom who helps moms. Learn more about Julia and her family by following Joy of Jessa on Facebook, Instagram, and at joyofjessa.com. Chasing Adventure by Bridget Fitzgerald. I've often said that New York is my second home. 
Living in the suburbs of Chicago, O'Hare to Newark was a well-worn path at several intervals of my life. I flew there often to visit my late dad, who lived in Manhattan after my parents divorced when I was a teen. Since then, I flew there regularly for fun, as well as traveling there for business in my career in marketing and advertising. Fast forward double speed to me getting married to my husband Patrick and having a child. After having my baby Declan, I freelanced some, but was a mostly sleepy, mostly stay-at-home mom. When Declan was about 22 months old, the two of us traveled to New Jersey to spend time with my good friend Jordan and her boyfriend Ken. I knew better than to take the free lap infant option and splurge for two round-trip tickets. Little did I know that that trip, which occurred just over a decade ago, would be the last time I braved air travel with Declan. Our trip went well, surprisingly so overall. My friends wanted to take Declan to do fun stuff like go to Chuck E. Cheese, but I told them he could find wonder in just about anything. He'd be happy on a trip to Dwayne Reed. He's a toddler, I said. Everything is new and exciting to him. The trip flew by and soon it was time to travel home. As Declan and I made our way through security, I caught a glimpse of the time. My heart raced with anxiety. It was nap time. How had I managed to schedule our homebound flight during nap time? Major mistake. Was this when it would all fall apart? Yes, dear listener, it was. When it was our turn at security, the TSA agent insisted that I let go of Declan's hand to load our items onto the conveyor belt. I insisted that I could not let go of Declan. I tried to have Declan help me as we lifted together. Nope, not working. I relented and told Declan where to put his hands on the equipment while I lifted our stuff. I saw a gleam in Declan's eye. This guy was going to bust a move the millisecond I started hoisting. And he did. Declan saw his chance and took it, seizing the moment with the speed of an Olympic sprinter. Gathering all my strength, I darted after Declan. I remember the details vividly, as if it was all in slow motion. This chase went on seemingly forever. This was shortly after Hurricane Sandy hit the tri-state area, so of course there was a ton of construction. And those stanchions everywhere, rerouting everyone and everything... Even the employees were confused. And now a ton of holiday decor was going up? What? My feelings were intense and all over the place. As I perceived people judging me, I judged Newark Airport. Why were they hanging tacky garlands on top of construction tape and putting Christmas trees on flood-damaged carpeting? This was not how things were supposed to be. OMG. Declan was so fast. Due to his toddler height, none of the barriers were in his way. I was relatively tall and out of shape, just like the many workers helping me chase Declan. Essentially, we were doing the limbo at top speeds, ducking, crouching. I was trying really hard not to cry and screaming, Declan! Declan, stop! Bystanders watched us chase my toddler. No one helped. They did not intervene. Amidst the commotion, I'd catch my breath and repeatedly blurt out, We love Jersey! He wants to stay here! We love Jersey! It did manage to crack up a couple of the TSA agents, but overall it was a very hands-off, very tough crowd. I myself eventually caught Declan. I scooped him up simultaneously, ecstatic and furious. I was so relieved yet scared down to my bones. It was difficult to carry him as he laughed and wiggled. The TSA agents directed us back to the security line. I remember almost disassociating from my body as I put Declan down, held his hand, and gathered our stuff. One TSA agent started to tell me about a new program called TSA Cares for People with Disabilities. Biting my tongue, I was so tempted to say, was this TSA doesn't care? Because this chase could have been entirely avoided. Then I realized 
Is this airport worker a complete stranger, the first person to believe me that my son was autistic? Not my husband, my mom, my friends, the many therapists from early intervention. They all said it wasn't autism, but only a temporary speech delay. I tried to suppress all the feelings flooding my body. I knew that Declan was autistic. I knew that despite the many objections I heard daily. At that moment, I'd never believed that one day I could pause, look back fondly, and even now laugh at any part of the story. Elopement is serious and nothing to joke about. Yet with time, perspectives can change. I can rewind to great moments of that trip. Me being mortified at Declan's escape wasn't the full story. Despite the many disruptions to his routine, Declan adapted with remarkable ease. He loved spending time with our friends. We rode trains, buses, boats, taxi cabs. He loved the Central Park Zoo, taking it all in from his umbrella stroller. Even though we haven't been on a plane together since then, Declan and I have not had to chase adventure. It comes naturally to us. Our family of three sticks pretty close to home. Declan is now 12 years old and is many years away from being considered a flight risk, thank goodness. He is non-speaking autistic and uses an AAC device to communicate. I honestly can't believe there wasn't a viral video of that chase scene. I can imagine it now all these years later on TikTok. If you do find it, please don't show it to me or at least maybe wait another 10 years or so to show me. I might be ready then, unless it's my nap time. P.S. It turns out it's in the blood. Our recent DNA results show that we are related on my side to the founders of New Jersey and Eastern Pennsylvania. We love Jersey. Bridget Fitzgerald lives in suburban Chicago with her husband, Patrick, and her 12-year-old non-speaking autistic son, Declan. She is an IEP coach and a writer. You can find her at Let Me Spell Out on Facebook and Instagram. Traveling with a Tubi by Amy Fields. Traveling with my daughter was always an adventure. We were very fortunate that we got to go a lot of places with her before we got sick. And one of the things we had done with her was gone on a wish trip. Um, Baking Memories for Kids granted us a wish trip to Disney World, Give Kids the World, Florida. And because she was not doing particularly well at that time due to some recent illnesses, they had suggested that we go sooner versus putting it off until she got older. So we decided we were going to do that and we headed down to Florida. We drove. We did not fly. She had a lot of medication and supplies and we were very nervous about taking her and we're like, oh yeah, we can drive. No big deal. It's going to be super easy. Well, we were pretty naive because Carrie Lynn was Carrie Lynn and we had just left Jacksonville and we're heading towards our final destination when I heard big happy squeals and giggles. She had been super quiet the whole time and I was like oh this is great you're so happy you're so happy. Well it was just about time to feed her. So my daughter had a G-tube and she ate with the G-tube. So we had decided to pull over and lo and behold we had pulled over and my child had no G-tube in her hole. The hole that a G-tube is located in is called a stoma. And the problem with that is if the G-tube or the balloon that holds it down becomes dislocated, the stoma can close very rapidly. 
We had been on the road for only a matter of a couple hours and her stoma was nearly sealed shut. And we were in the middle of Nowheresville, Florida. No idea where a hospital was, no idea where an emergency room was. And we were scheduled to arrive at the uh, village in a couple hours. Well, of course, everybody's freaking out. Marvin's freaking out, Shannon's freaking out, I'm freaking out. And Carrie Lynn is acting like the queen of Siam, laughing and thinking that this is all dandy. So anyway, we're in the middle of a Publix parking lot and trying to figure out what the heck we're supposed to do. Normally, when the G-tube is dislocated, you can slip a new one in fairly easily, but my daughter's stoma has always been on the smaller side and really tight. And of course, we can't figure out what to do. So normally what happens when that happens is you have to go to the hospital and they have to do something called dilation. It's very uncomfortable. It is not pleasant. It's basically where they're sticking specific metal tubings in the stoma and trying to reopen it without surgically performing another surgery. I start thinking and I get my MacGyver mom on and I start really, really, really jamming that stoma and twisting that tube in and pushing, 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 pushing. Marvin's crying. He's a hysterical. Shannon's gone into the grocery store to try to get some lunch and then we're going to figure out a plan B. I push and I push and there's Carrie Lynn laughing and thinking this is all groovy and finally I am able with the tools that came in her G-tube kit and a lot of grit and muscle power to reinsert the G-tube. It was ridiculous. Marvin's still crying. Shannon had just come out of the store and I had gotten the G-tube in. Shannon took Marvin into the store to walk him around and calm him down. I'm fried, like totally fried, totally done. And my daughter's sitting there smiling like she had pulled off the biggest heist in history. So I learned a couple valuable life lessons from that traveling experience. The first one I learned is to always have extra emergency supplies with me. I mean, we had the bare minimum, but I always went above and beyond after that. And the second thing I learned was to know where every last stinking major hospital was or emergency room on our route. So we never would encounter a G-tube issue like that again, and I wouldn't have to perform emergency surgery in a grocery store parking lot. Luckily, everything ended up great. Our supply company was able to fly down a spare G-tube in case something else happened and give kids the world village is equipped for children like my daughter. And ever after that, we never had another G-tube issue again, for which I was eternally grateful. And we also switched brands of G-tube so she couldn't rip it out anymore. So that was our exciting travel adventure. Amy Fields is a mombicate blogger, and trying to answer life's greatest mysteries of where do the spare socks go in the dryer. You can find her and her family story on Many Kinds of Families on Facebook. Traveling on the Spectrum by Tanya Andrews. When my husband and I decided to have kids, we dreamt of taking our boys on lots of fun family vacations to create memories they would remember for years to come. But we didn't anticipate having a child with autism and how that might affect our dream. Would we still be able to go on family vacations? 
We aren't ones to let things stop us from doing something we want to do, so we decided we aren't going to let autism stop us either. What we didn't anticipate was how hard it would be for the whole family traveling with a child on the spectrum. So we would get overstimulated, have meltdowns, be extremely hyperactive or have lots of behaviors, and at the first sign of trouble, we would leave and drive home. It was so frustrating, but we thought we were doing what was best for Sully. We thought going back into familiar surroundings would help him have a calm mind and body, and if I'm being honest, would help us feel not so stressed. But one of my friends gave me some great advice. You can't isolate your family at home and never go out. You have to keep trying. Sully has to learn how to work through being overstimulated and learn how to calm his mind and body. And you as parents have to learn how to help him be successful despite the stress. Little by little, trip by trip, we learn to be more and more successful. I want to share some travel tips that have helped us traveling on the spectrum. Don't forget the electronics, chargers, and headphones. This is very important for long car rides and to help with regulation. Let them help pack their own bags and backpack full of their treasures, fidgets, and stuffies, and things to do. This helps emotionally prepare them for the trip, helps with regulation, and helps them stay busy and be entertained. You must remember that no vacation is ever going to be perfect, even if your child is neurotypical. Make sure and prep your child ahead of time where they are going, what they are doing, when they are going to be there, and what to expect. Even if they will ask you a thousand times before the trip if it's time to go and yet how much longer. You can also have them help with planning. When your child starts feeling overstimulated, is hyperactive, or having behaviors, know it's okay to go back to the room to regulate. We always get a room that is closest to everything for this very reason. Make sure you pack snacks and drinks or preferred food. It's also a money saver if your child is an eater like mine. Know it's okay if you have to make frequent stops so that your child can get out and stretch their legs, run around, or if they need to change the scenery. To date, we have only traveled within the Midwest. Our boys' favorite trips have been to South Dakota and the Wisconsin Dells. However, we are starting to explore traveling longer distances, flying, cruises, and we're working on obtaining our boys' passports. I hope these tips have helped you and gives you and your family the courage to plan your next family vacation. After all, the greatest legacy we can leave our children is happy memories. Thank you. Tanya lives in Ankeny, Iowa with her husband, Tim, and their three boys, Gavin, Remington, and Sullivan. Their son, Sullivan, is autistic and has severe ADHD, ODD, and SPD. Their whole family also suffers from anxiety. They started their Facebook page called Confessions of a Family with Three Crazy Boys to help educate, advocate, encourage, and support others. They want people to feel seen, heard, and not alone. Tim and Tanya love to travel and take one trip a year, just the two of them, to reconnect and remind themselves that they are still married. Make sure to check them out at Confessions of a Family with Three Crazy Boys, Autism, Anxiety, and ADHD on Facebook. We hope you enjoyed all these stories. Make sure you check all these ladies out. We'll put their info in the description of this episode. And we can't wait to sit with everyone again. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining us at the table for this episode. Check out the description to find where you can sign up for our newsletter, how to become a supporter, and find links to us individually. Join us next Monday for more. And while you wait, check out our content on Facebook and Instagram. If you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure to subscribe and rate and review us wherever you listen. To contact us, you can email us at tableforfivepodcasts at gmail.com. We can't wait to sit with you again.